What's with the gold chain? Okay. What is that? <laughs> well, I knew I was coming out to Houston, and I know Houston has a flex culture. Like, that is a thing here. So I bought it just for shits and gig. It is like a fake chain. I bought it at Hobby Lobby. <laughs> with- <laughs> everybody welcome to the third episode of thinking twice a post-grad live podcast from a multicultural lens i'm your host jesus aleman and today today's guest is a very close friend of mine from austin texas he uh we met in college he didn't like me at first i don't know why but we got along eventually and we just became great buds so everybody welcome daniel flores you know why. Like, don't <laughs> act, first of all. And hey, guys, um, my name is Daniel Flores. And a little bit about myself, just to introduce me. I did graduate from Texas State with Jesus. Um, that's where we met. And I graduated with a marketing degree. Right now, I am a social media advisor slash sales for a really big tech company. Um, but that's what I'm doing with my life right now. Um, I'm still looking at different career path avenues, but for right now, I really do like my job and I love the people I work with. So, and I make good money. So, wow. Can't complain. So this is your third time in Houston. You actually, you're actually visiting, you were in town and I said, Hey, I got to bring you into the pod to talk about our, our, the, our topic today, which is traveling. Yes. But we'll, we'll go into that real, uh, in a little bit. Let's, let's talk about some, uh, some current events. I'll be I'll be referencing Daniel as D Flow. That's your nickname. Yes. Uh, for, Even at work, people at work call me D Flow too. It's it's a fun nickname. It just caught on and stuck with me. At least I you went. don't have a nickname like mine. Mine is mine is Toast. Toast. <laughs> people know me as Toast. Toast is good. It's been with me since man since I was like what twelve years old. And you, there's a lot of nicknames it. to attach it's, to you. And started, the one that stuck is Toast. That's yeah. Funny. It's the one that stuck. It's the one. It, it, it was a guy bullying me, and he's like, you look like a piece of toast. And I was like, well, what does that even mean? But it means that, I, that I'm dark. <clears throat> but no. You owned it? You owned, I owned that, that I owned brown it. I'm like, beauty? Yeah, yeah, Hell brown yeah. pie. Papa. There we brown go. Pie. There we go. <clears throat> Builds character. Uh, it does. All right. Well, let's, let's, let's talk some current events. So this upcoming Tuesday, as you know, it's Super Tuesday. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Democratic race, D-Flow? My first thought is for everybody to go vote, go register. Is it too late to register? It's too late to register, but okay. even, <laughs> but not just for the big ones, for the small ones too, because those affect your local community. Go out there and vote. Um, but what my thoughts are on Super Tuesday, right now, I've been keeping up with the debates, which I know really not entail of all the politics and the complexity that it entails us and it really is a lot of like showmanship right right um but from what i've been watching what i'm really conflicted about with my views my opinions how i see the system is between warren and sanders it's hard to know what who you want to vote for and who you're liking because there's a lot of good candidates, and there's you know some shitty ones. Yeah, <clears throat> I'm not gonna say any names. Lumberg. <clears throat> no, <laughs> boy, but, he keeps saying <laughs> shit to me. I don't know why the fuck he thinks I'm gonna be voting for him, I, but I'm like, bro, you're wasting your money here. Like, look, just send me a dollar if you're gonna be sending this shit too. <laughs> like, shit. So I, I've also been like struggling, like, who am I gonna vote? Because I'm feeling the burn. I like Warren, and. I don't know. It's tough. It's tough. But I did find this. I believe it's on on Washington Post. There's like a little quiz that you go there. And then I think it's like 20, 22 questions. And and, and there's multiple choice answers. And, and they ask, you know, what are your thoughts on this? What are your thoughts on that? Mm-hmm. And as you're going through it, they're, they're based on, on your answers. They're selecting a, a, some choices for your political uh, views. And, mm-hmm. and they'll okay. let you know who aligns more I with you. I would love that. Yeah, I'll send you the link, and I'll, I'll post it on Twitter. Talking about Twitter, I actually do have a Twitter now, so if you guys want to follow me on Twitter, yeah. Uh, we got a Twitter and an Instagram. The handle is at thinking2pod. 
uh, and that's for both Instagram and Twitter. There's this link on on the Washington Post, and I'll send it out, and it, it kind of helps you. It's going to be an interesting. Any any predictions though for? Mm. Yeah, any outcome predictions? Outcome for the predictions. Demo- Democratic. Who do you think is going to win it? I still think it's, I'd say it's going to be between what's between with me right now, Warren and Bernie. None of the other candidates seem like they have a, like the strongest foundation, like. Right. Bloomberg, what people keep the Democrats saying is like he is a Republican just hiding in a Democratic mask. Okay, cool, cool. Well, the other ones, uh, Booty Judge, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. That that's fair to say. Even that's... between the gay community, is not. Did you? People like, did oh, you I mention? Did not, I didn't even mention that. No. Oh, oh yeah. I'm part of the gay community, the LGBTQ community. Um, but so I keep up with all of that and a lot of things I've been seeing on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, it's like the guys are like, okay, we wish you could vote for you. But part of that, of knowing what it's like to be, um, what is it called? Marginalized and stuff like that as being part of the gay communities that we right. see that he also supports some of that culture and that kind of stuff. So we're like, ah, the one gay we get, right. a lot of us don't want to vote for that's all good. But well, well, that just means it's possible to be gay and be a presidential candidate. Yeah, so. he won the Iowa caucus, didn't he? Yes. <laughs> well, some Because <Caucus>. <laughs> <laughs> we'll he's have to, gay. We'll have to fact check that one. Yeah, no, yeah. Well, uh, let's move to... Um, so this is kind of more of local uh, current events, but you're coming into Houston. Did you hear about the Houston water pipe breaking? Oh, my God. Yes, my mom... <laughs> So real, real quick, real, real quick context. Um, there was a Houston water pipe that broke a, a water line in East Houston, and it just disrupted the city. Like they had to cancel school. They had a, I mean, some people didn't get to go to work because work was canceled. Must be nice. I got to work, brother man. I got to work, but <clears throat> it really affected the city. Uh, but you, you've been here for a day. You've seen it. What, what were you going to say? Something about your mom? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, so my when that happened, I told my mom that I was looking at this job um, out here in Houston, and I had my eyes on it. So she always tries to send me stuff to sway me to come back home and live back in Fort Worth. Um, and by the way, I'm adopted, so this is my adopted mother. And so she sends me a post on Facebook about the pipes bursting. She always tries to make these areas that I'm trying to move to look dangerous. Mothers. She's like, come back home to me where it's safe. Um, But I was like, no, it's fine. San Marcos floods all the time. Like, did they not float to their local jack-in-the-box? Like, is that not what other cities do when it floods? (laughs) Um, But so she sends me that, and I read it, and I'm like, oh, dang, I'm about to go out there this weekend. I hope that's not affecting traffic or anything. Luckily, Houston traffic stays the same, flood or not. Um, But what I am seeing is There's actually less traffic. Really, because people yeah, because people didn't go to work or didn't go to mm. the, you know the school traffic, Ooh. right? Nice. Well, there is some up <laughs> something positive some po- about something the, positive about, about the flood. But what I'm seeing now is we went to a restaurant last night. What was it called? That really dope badass. Oh, uh, BB's. BB's. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that so- that wet sauce. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so they didn't have enough water. No, I think they didn't have water. They didn't have water just because of everybody is on a boil notice right now, which right, happens right. to cities like from time to time, and it always sucks and it's inconvenient. But when those times happen, I always think it's like it always takes something negative to happen to realize and be able to appreciate the simplicity of that kind of stuff because other places don't even they've never seen waters and clean water in years. I know. So let's let's move on to this next topic of current events, Bad Bunny. I had to bring it, man, because just a few hours ago, he dropped a brand new album. What are your thoughts on the album? And the name of the album is Yo Hago Lo Que Me Da La Gana, or Y-H-L-Q-M-D-L-G. What are your thoughts? Have you heard it? If that's not the most fucking millennial title ever, (laughs) I don't know what is. (laughs) Your mom, cuando estás abajo de mi techo, me vas a hacer caso. Um, you are okay, me da la gana. <laughs> Slams the door. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, I agree. I agree. Right. Um, but I haven't li- got the chance to listen to it yet. 
Um, but I've already seen so much talk around it, so much fire. Um, I really like the way he released it on Jim and Jimmy Fallon. Was yeah, it Jimmy he Fallon? It. Yeah. He announced it on there in debut. And Jimmy Fallon was just about to like, oh, and here it is. Like, no big deal. But he was like, hold on. This is the first time it's being released to the world. Put some respect on it, bro. And yeah, so no, he, for basically, sure. And for Jimmy, sure. But Jimmy's really, he's a good uh, night show host. He's really good at communicating. And he caught th- those signals, which is a big part of communicating. There's right, not right. everything that's being said verbal. Um, so he caught those signals. He was like, oh, right. Jump roll. Fucking bring out the fireworks. Bring out the fucking strippers. Like, this is There's the first no time. Okay, there was no strippers. Y'all but go I'll, watch I'll, it yourself. I'm gonna, yeah, there I'll, might be strippers. I'll retweet it, it from, it the, from the account. I'll, I'll retweet it. So. Yes, let them know. Show it to them. And then the, he hyped it up. And, Are, of, of course, he is a good promoter he is, himself. He, he has wonderful fashion, promoted that shit, and did it right. And I, and I like the way that they were able to <laughs> do the way they released it. Um, but I'm gonna definitely give it a listen, especially now that are you are you a Bad Bunny fan? I am a Bad Bunny fan, right? And especially even more the things he does, like the last thing he's very he did, active. He's very yeah, active. He um, was um, showing support for I forgot it was a trans a person person of the trans community. Um, they got killed for being trans, which is definitely a struggle that they're facing. Right, very right. very prevalent nowadays. Um, so we need to keep advocating for them. Um, yeah, he like definitely advocated brought, for us. He uh, brought light based, in for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he brought light into that. He wore it on his shirt, and he's a big advocate about it. So not only is he forward thinking, but he has really good taste and stuff. Yeah, I I'm I'm a Bad Bunny fan. Does he have like a like uh what do they call his like fans like Bad Bad Bunny ears or like like you know how like uh, Bad Bunnets Bad Bunnets no, I don't know no, no. I don't know what they're called but but I am I I, lo- I like. Love, like, ah, love. Fuck it. I love Bad it's Bunny. Love, I, <laughs> bro. It's love, So, no, no, bro. no. So, I got into Bad Bunny when I was, speaking about traveling, I got into Bad Bunny when I lived in, uh, well, I was studying abroad in Florence. And I, di- I wasn't really into him here. I was like, who the, the fuck is Bad Bunny? Right? But whatever. But when I was out in, in Florence, and actually at, anywhere in Europe where I was at, when I would go to a bar or club, they would always bump his music, and which was mm-hmm. weird. Which was weird because a yeah, lot they did. because a lot of people, when I told them that I was going to Europe, they're all like, "Oh, you should probably get like, bro, all they jam to is EDM oh house my music." Gosh. You were one I of remember. them. Remember, you were one of them well, because what I see from social media and the clubs and the nightlife right, is very right. like. But that that wasn't it at all. That wasn't it at all. That wasn't it at all. And and one of the biggest things uh, that I noticed was Latin music was popping out there. Mm, it was. I love that. Uh. We went to the Latin club in in London. Yes, we did. We did. Yeah. But uh, so I got really into it back over there. I did like. Um, I did. I was into reggaeton like back back when I was like in junior high, when I was like in sixth seventh grade, and I'm talking about this is like Daddy Yankee era, Wisin the Andel. Uh, and and it was tight, but then after a while, like I I just it definitely st- slowed down. There was a big old reggaeton phase, a yeah. big wave where like it was just you could not right. ignore it. You couldn't ignore it, and so I. But then trap took over. Trap, <laughs> well, trap remix, right, right. But so I, I I forgot all about reggaeton, and then these new guys, Jerry Balvin, Maluma. Uh, did I say that right, Maluma? No, yeah. you haven't mentioned that one. Oh, okay, right. So all these new guys come in, and I'm like, man, I don't know who these guys are. I, I, you know, whatever. But Bad Bunny was one of those guys, and I didn't know who he was at first, and then I was in he the clubs. He kept playing in clubs I was, after clubs. I was Shazam in that shit, dude. I was like, bro, that's the fucking... You put yourself shimmying to it as any side playing. You're like, oh, okay. I was like, hey, something's taking over. A, this oh, is a jam. shit. But I have to say that I, I, I actually did listen to the, to the album. I actually ran the Houston I read Radio... I the titles of it. I mean, I follow them on Instagram, yeah. so... I keep you up know with which it. one. I yeah. just haven't gotten the chance. I, I, the the whole album is fantastic. I was listening to it when I was running. I uh, ran the Houston Rodeo 10K. You know what I'm saying? I'm wearing the medal right now. By yes, the way, he is. He picked me up with that medal on. <laughs> I was like, "What a dweeb. I had to come here quick. I, I, I had to come here quick. Uh, Literally, I, he got finished with the run, picked me up. And now we're doing this podcast. Like, my favorite song is. Safaera, I, I think I said that right, uh, which features Joel and Randy. 
dude, that song, like the way it changes so many, so much. It's, I don't know how to describe it. I don't know how to describe it. It's, do you think? Do you feel like this new album? Since I haven't heard it, is it a new style of his that he's presenting, or is he give us no, like no, no, good it's, things it's, of the things he's done? It's it's totally him. Okay, it's totally it's him. within brand. Exactly. You know when artists like branch out, yeah, out and nowhere, they, they try and something like, new. Yeah, I mean sometimes it works, sometimes it's a flop, but no, this, I encourage this, it. Like you got the money, now it's time to experiment, and see what else you can do. Like Post Malone. Yeah. Like um, Lil Nas. All right, so. Now going into the topic of the show. Oh, is it time? Sponsored by... No, I'm kidding. <laughs> All right. Give us a second to bring in our sponsors. <laughs> no, no sponsors on this show yet. But let them know what Houston beer you're presenting no, to no, me. No, we're, no. We're, we're drinking some Houston craft beer. So that's one of, one of the things that Keeping I like to do. Keeping it local. I keep dude. it local, right? Today's topic is first time traveler. Because this... What we're going to talk about was your first your experience traveling to Europe for the first time. Pretty much how this episode came to be was that I found an article a few weeks ago mm-hmm. and I read it and I thought it was really interesting. It was on Forbes. But I'll summarize this real quick. It was that Hispanics and Latinos are the largest minority group in the nation, right? As a result, This emergent and powerful market is positively impacting industries and vertical markets, such as traveling. So that means because Mm -hmm. we're we're a growing, we're starting to tap into traveling. We're starting to there's more Latinos and Hispanics. Well, there's a need for them to target us. Right, right. Where they used to just ignore us as if we didn't matter. Because we, you know, my parents didn't travel. Mm Mm-mm. Right, but also they weren't marketed to, so it's like you do what you do on a daily basis because things aren't reaching them like that. But that wasn't a priority for my parents, right? Like my mom, I, I don't know, I could be wrong, but my mom never mentioned to me that she wanted to visit Paris or that she wanted to go to, I don't know, Italy, right? Right, and my daddy, my dad either. They, they were comfortable. They had, they 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 had they had us, and they're happy with us, and this is it, right, 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 right. right, right. So, but us now, now that we're adapting to this American cultural, we want to travel. And I encourage it because it's the best shit ever. But I mean, and I've seen so many articles mentioning that one of thing about um, our generation is that we look more for experiences that we do for um, what's it called? Materialistic right. value kind of thing. Right. Obviously right. that's still something people want to get. Hashtag flex culture. but we also look a lot towards experiences and how is this going to fit us like we've changed so many industries because we have a high expectation of experiences when we go somewhere right right okay so let's get into this so d flow you traveled for the first time and i I I was with you uh you want to uh should let me let me tell everybody what we did so we went to europe for New Year's and my birthday. <laughs> Don't look at me like that. <laughs> okay, continue. I had to get my best mate out there, right? Yes. So I was uh, happy to be able to go with you. Well, you know, not everybody said yes. Well, people did say yes, but people like the honey dick and bullshit. And, and they and then I they were guilt I'm just as guilty as it too, but you've been like I was on you're so good at like Dropping seeds and then bringing it up and then being more intense at the ending. You have like you a whole let, like ad, so you're in the you gotta, advertising industry. You have this I whole am. schedule. You're I like am. space it at the beginning and as as it gets close to the event, we're gonna start hitting them hard with it. <laughs> hey, yeah, it's coming. Yeah, it's coming. Yeah, it's coming. No, but, but, all right, I get it. I leave but, me alone. <laughs> but the plan was to get a bunch of guys out yes, there. Yes, it was. And a lot of them, like little by little, ended up falling through. Well, like things I, like that is better with bigger. It's like always more fun when you have bigger crowds because there's just more people to make memories with. Right. But people didn't commit. Now, um, so we went out there. We went to London. And after London, we went to Amsterdam where we spent New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. And then we went to Prague. And then to, we wrapped up our trip in Ireland, flew back to London just to catch our flight back to the States. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And it was like, it was about ten days, eleven days. So it was really fun. It was really great. It was my second time in Europe. It was your first time in Europe. So let's talk about that. And how did you decide that you needed to travel? And what did your family think? Because again, we we said that you know our families aren't used to traveling, mm-hmm. not at all. Right. 
Not at all. Um, so just a little background on me before I go into the question. I am a first generation. No, I. Okay, so my parents came from Mexico. Right. Would that make me second generation? No, I think it's first because your parents. They're directly from the motherland. Yeah. And then I was born here. And then you were born here. Yes. So I come from that background. My parents crossed over um, with no documentation. So it made it even more prevalent in my life, my entire life that I, like, it was always relevant that I was born here and I need to appreciate the privilege I have with that. Do you, do you have dual citizenship? I do not, but I just found out I could. Yeah, you could get it. Yeah. If your parents, if both of your parents are from Mexico, you could, you could. But I think that I can only get it if they have documentation. Yeah, they have to have all their. They don't. Now, they're now, working on it. It's been a long process because they make they make it I, a very hard long process. I'd to have to double check that. Papers. I'd have to double check that and look into that. But but I know that if your parents are from Mexico no, or, or, or or wherever they're from, the um wonderful wonderful girl we met at the Prague hostel. Right. She was telling me about it. She was like, "You can get double citizenship. Yeah. And just be going back back and forth." Because I've never been to Mexico. Okay, and that's going back to my experience. It's like I'm just a first generation to a lot of things. First generation to ever go to college, first generation to travel, to be on a plane because they're uh, like living with that kind of experience where you're just scared to be driving, scared to get stopped by the police. Like there's just so much anxiety that comes with being undocumented in the United States when you're just working and paying for things and just being a good citizen like everybody else. So I was a first generation for all of that. Um, so personally it was my third time on a plane ever in my life, but it was my first, I'm the first family member to ever to leave, leave the, the country, to leave the States, to leave the States. You're, yeah. yeah. You had to get your passport for the, your, exactly. I had to get my passport. Um, and I had to let my banks know and all this stuff. There was just like a big process to it, but can you repeat the question? Yeah. Was, yeah. So, so how did you decide that you needed to travel and what did your family think? Okay. Okay, so that was always something in mind for me, but it was always a a dream. It was just like, oh, maybe one day. Oh, maybe. And it's just like I was leaving it up for chance that somehow chance and fate would let me just go travel. When you got to plan and you got to, if you don't say, okay, these are the steps I need to take to make sure I get out there, it's not going to happen. Right. And sometimes um, you need a little push for that. Yeah, and you were that push. And that was that push. You were you. definitely that push because I was too comfortable with my life to ever go beyond out of my ways. But what was it that I said that you're like, fuck, he's right. Okay. I, I I'm going to do what, it. Oh, I, I got closer to that time, and I've already been saying yes, and it's something that I've always wanted to do. So I was like, all right. It, the option's presenting me, and I'm going to go with someone that has traveled before. Some of the places you haven't been to, but you've traveled. You know what you're doing. Um you're a Marine, so like I got fucking people protecting me <laughs> on site, trying to come at me, trying to come. At, I got a Marine <laughs> on deck right here. Um, but I did travel. I, I yeah, went, you traveled a lot. You were out there, yeah. and I don't have any other multicultural experience other than being Mexican. Right. Um. So that's what that's what got me to go out there. What did your family think? Well, my family thought. My, on my, cause I was adopted by a white family. So but that, but that, they were traveling. So they were giving me advice, whatever, whatever. But on my Mexican side. But I think it's important. So you were adopted at what age? I was adopted at 15. So you grew up. I grew up hella Mexican. Hella Mexican. Yes, yes, yes. So I okay. still have all the culture of being Mexican. And then very later in life. Hold on, dude, you got to stop grabbing your chain. Okay, and I get okay, it. Okay, okay. I get yeah, it. Okay. Look so at that I chain, said, dude. What's up right here? Make sure I still got it. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I got adopted 15, so it was very much later in life. And just because I got adopted doesn't mean I didn't have any more contact with my uh, Mexican family, right. my biological family. Um, I was just living with my wife family, and they were taking care of me and showing me all that love, but I still visit my biological family. So, so that's that background on that. Um, but when I told my Mexican family that I was going to Europe and all the places I was traveling, they were just like... My sister was just telling me how proud she was that she, like, I'm actually one that broke the cycle right. of poverty within my family. Right. Because I, I come from poverty. Right? Like, cut, dry, and simple. I came from poverty. Like, eating beans made 
25 different ways and eggs made in <laughs> five different ways. You can do a lot with beans, bro. That you shit's can, good. You can. That shit's, I'm getting a little hungry right now. Um, <laughs> but so that that was what my upbringing was. So the fact that I was able to go to college and work for it, I had to fill out everything by myself because my parents didn't know any of that. So my parents were just like, good luck. I'm proud of you. Like, you're gonna, you made it out there. Like, Send me a you. postcard. Yeah, they're just... And they would try to give me advice. I would say that they would try to give me some type of advice. It was like, just be careful out there. Don't be too trusting. Like, just make sure you're safe. But they didn't have any, like, details to try to help me well, out Yeah, because they, they, they They've wasn't... never been on a plane before. Right. They've right. never been on a plane before. Ever. Well, and what about your white family? My white family, they started giving more in detail advice. They were like, when you get to the airport, do this and that. Get, get there 12 hours early. Like... <laughs> not 12 hours, not 12 hours, but get there early before get there your early before your flight. Make sure there's enough time for every everything. When you they, go out there, people might try to pickpocket you. So get this, this, and that. And you and had more. Sure. They they provided you more because uh, they tips. have that. They had the they've had the privilege to be able to travel. Right. So they were able to give me tips. Where would they um, help me out with a lot of gear? Um, shout out to Ann Kathy. She bought me these underwear that had pockets in them. Well, the, the the crazy thing is that you brought a lot of stuff that I was like, "Why are you bringing all this stuff?" But they all came like it, it all, all it was all useful. It all came like you had clutch. the the little uh, foot rest for oh, when you're the on the plane. Foot hammock, when yeah. I was hammock, and then in the hostel, I'd also use it as just you like, would use it. I'd yeah. pop it up. You had that microfiber quick dry towel. Yes, dude, and that thing. Oh, that thing was amazing. That was a gift from my adopted sister Elizabeth, and that she gave me so many gifts that came in clutch. It's a jacket with. Right. 25 pockets. You had a jacket. Someone tried we... to pickpocket me. They didn't know which pocket to that, check. Where do I begin? <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's so you, many options. You were ready. You looked like a traveler. And and you had a little nifty backpack that fitted Everything. so much shit, dude. Yes. So, so, and that was all from your white family that yes. helped you. So, so. You, did, you did talk about um, how, the, how that prepared you. But on another note, how else did you prepare, especially as a gay man, uh, were there some worries? Oh my goodness! Yeah, because when we were planning where to go in the very like precipice of the trip, um, we were like, "Well, where should we go? We have these options. Go here and there." We would try to throw things back at uh, back and forth to each other. We're right, like, "No, I, would, I don't want to go there." I would send this, you. This and that. I think at one point I sent you a list of like, pick these, pick three, yeah, four yeah, places yeah, out of yeah, these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Th- these are where we're going. Because uh, we had other cities on that map. We had Budapest. Oh, we had Rotterdam. Yes. We had Florence because I wanted to go back to Florence. And Spain. I think we, we wanted to squeeze in Madrid, mm-hmm. but we couldn't. But, but for each place that you would send me, I had to look up, is it LGBT friendly? Okay. I know like Russia still isn't. There's other countries where they're like, they're what, still on a very Where did you check? Like on... um, I would just Google it. L- literally just be like, is Prague... LGBT friendly right. is this place because I being LGBT and Hispanic and having to go over there, I had to check for each place to make sure that if I were to want to just kiss a guy and maybe at the club, because I know I will do that. I'm very impulsive. Um, if I were to just go out and just kiss a guy, am I going to get stabbed for it? That's all I wanted to know. I don't right. like my worries, which hopefully these areas do get it, but it wasn't if I could get married there. I, I didn't care if it was that friendly i just wanted to make sure that if i'm hanging around with um at a nightclub with people going to nightclub scenes that it is not a general consensus that gay is not okay you were really comfortable there yes right because so and I, and the reason i say that is because every every time we went out and we would talk to a group of people deflo the first thing he would say hi my name is daniel I'm gay, by the way. I would not say it that straight. I would not say it that bluntly. I would eventually would, would release it because I, there's a thing like I am. I'm straight passing, and I that is a privilege, but it's also a little bit of a curse of it, in it of itself. Because when I try to talk to girls, just have a conversation with them, just invite them out to dance, just to dance, they're like, "You're trying to come at me and hit on me," and I'm just like, "No, no, 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 no. <laughs> You're cute and all, but." You don't got a dick, so it's not gonna it's not gonna work but, out. No, so that did happen one night. What about logistically? How did you prepare logistically? Logistically, um, financially, I was trying to save up. I had fifteen hundred dollars I wanted to save up, and I was trying to, but 
random expenses would come up or I was just wasn't careful with spending. So I did end up having to borrow money from my aunt and my sister Daniela. Which right. I appreciate both. Shout out that. the aunt yeah. and sister. The sponsors. <laughs> the sponsors <laughs> from my trip. Um, but logistically, I just had to plan what am I going to bring out there? Um, getting my passport because you have to plan that kind of stuff ahead if you, you don't do. have a, pa- a passport. I think I think the passport was like the first move. The first move was a passport, and that's when I let you know I was serious. Right. Um, and then a bunch of time went by in the middle, and then around like September. That's when we started booking. That's when we started booking things, and we had to look up things in advance. So I and start planning. And you, I that's that's one of the things that would like mess up my way in the budget because I wasn't prepared for that. Of like. I was trying to save up money for the trip, and then I would start paying for things already for the trip, which kind of helped. But then I right. would end up having no money again to actually spend out there. So, so one part of it is like buying the stuff to do out there, and then bringing money to spend out there. Right, right. So, so going. So this five hundred dollar trip you were talking about turned out to be like fifteen hundred. So, <laughs> I was like, oh no, no. no. So, so going. So let, oh, let the me. Plane tickets too. Let I didn't me, know how to work the plane ticket. Let me rewind it a little bit. Back. Okay. So. We, we, and this is going to happen when you plan trips with your friends, you bring up the idea and it's going to be like a game of chicken to see who's going to, who's going to actually go through it and who's going to fall out. And so for me to you to do it, cause I brought this idea up to you, I want to say April, early. it was year. April, early it was early year. in the year and you're like. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm down to go, bro. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because that's like my, my, that's how much of a you, dream you, it was. But, but I you, felt like it was so far fetched because yeah. of my family never done it. No one's ever done it. I felt like it was a far reach idea. Like, right. I feel like I wasn't at that point in my life. But if you really want it, you're gonna make it work. Right. And and in, so we we talked about it in May. I was looking at tickets and I found a really good one from Austin to London with U.S. Uh, not U.S. Airlines. It was British Airways. Mm-hmm. You bought it way before it. me. And it I was, bought it. It was probably like 540. That's when it settled things settled in for I me. I sent you the screenshot. I like, sent oh, you fuck. I sent you my itinerary and you wrote back. You sent me a text and you were like, "Oh, you're serious." <laughs> no, yeah, I'm serious, brother man. But so you're trying to travel travel. So <laughs> so if you guys have these ideas, like if you guys are planning trips with your friends, this is how you get the ball rolling. First one to buy the ticket, like it's going to kick off and it's going to and if people see you buying it, they're going to buy it. And, and my thing, and I told D-Flow, I, I remember I told him, I was like, look, man, I'm going to buy it. Or once I bought it, I'm like, look, I'm going with you or without you. But please, you said you were coming. Don't, don't do that to don't me. Don't make me go. Don't bell me. <laughs> don't bell on me, bro. Yeah. But okay. Like you would have done it either way, but you really, really wanted someone else to go with you. I did. So... How beneficial was it to know another language? Oh, it was really beneficial. Just I, I think I, other than speaking to my family because they all speak Spanish, um, I really don't use Spanish in the United States. All my friends can speak English. That's just our common language. That's what's just easier for us to communicate in. But over there, I mean, people would tell me I had a funny accent, and I'd be like, "No, right? I got that a lot. <laughs> you have a funny accent." They're like, no, 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 buddy. You're the one that came over here. We don't have the accent. That's you. Um, but the default language when people didn't know English, which a lot of people didn't, and they shouldn't have to because I'm visiting their country, um, they, would, they would start speaking Spanish as their, as their default language. The second <laughs> default language would be Spanish. When we went to Prague, um, we ordered our Uber, and the guy was telling you, he was like, oh, I... No, Espanol, uh, and like, I was like, si. oh yeah, and I was like, wow, Spanish has been a lot more useful. And talking to our friend in Prague, talking to our friend in Prague, she was speaking Spanish too the entire time, and she, she was could, from Mexico. She was from Mexico, but she could notice there was a funny accent to me. So that's when it kind of came more clear to me. It's like, man, I need to practice my Spanish more, especially if I plan on traveling. So real quick, uh, just a side note: we stayed in hostels. Um, the entire time. The entire time. Uh, it was really affordable. We went on this trip stretching our dollar. Yes. And hostels were one way to do it. And hostels are really awesome. So I... I what? just need a bed. Right. That's all we need. Because we weren't in bed. Like, we weren't in our rooms all day. We were no. out and about. We, no. The only time we were in hostels was sleeping. Yep. But did you like that experience? I 
Loved it. Because you meet people there. That's why I also I t- was able to meet people. That's why I tell everyone, like, the best thing, the, the, I think the, the, the best thing about hostels is meeting people there. Because everyone out there, I have a blog out there that I wrote. Uh, I'll tweet out that blog to you about traveling. But hostel, like, people are there with the same mentality as you. They want to travel. They want to explore. And they want to make new friends. Uh, not everybody. Not Amsterdam. Everyone. But they were a lot more reserved. But I feel like that's also like a culture, cultural yeah, thing. Just be reserved and keep to yourself, kind of so, thing. But all those guys were visiting from Asia. They were all or Asia some of them. in the sense of like or they're most South Korea, not India, Asia, but more like South Korea, yeah, Japan, Chinese, China. You're right. Um, and they were more reserved to themselves. They didn't want to talk. Yeah, no, no, no. they didn't want to talk much. Except the one guy, but he was Asian he was, he and was Japanese. from Czech. Yeah, he was from, from the Czech Republic. Yeah. But he was, he was he like, was cool. I went out the party too. He was a yeah. fun guy. He was a good guy. So, but you said you spoke the most Spanish yes. out there. Yes, because that that was the second default language. So, of course, I was. I hope people would speak English, but when they wouldn't, their expectation over there, a lot of people knew seven languages. Wasn't five, it? four, so three. I got to tell the story real quick. I got to tell the story real quick. Okay, say it, say it. So say we're it. in Amsterdam. It's January 1st, I think. Yes. And we're walking by the canals and we want to eat. And we found this Italian... By the red light district. Because we're trying to look at some titties. <laughs> <laughs> but we were walking by and uh, we found this Italian restaurant. And we sat down and we ate. And our server comes, this young lad, this young guy. He goes All up right, to... mate. Chill out. <laughs> so he goes, he goes up to us and he starts speaking Spanish. Mm-hmm. Now, the Italian restaurant was ran by, by Italian people. So then uh, Italian people will come in and he'll greet him in Italian. You know, uh, what, what, I don't remember. They would greet every single person with a different with greeting. A different with a different language, language, bro. Like, and, and, and so I, I studied abroad in Florence. When I heard him speak Italian, it was really fluent. You know, he was saying words that I recognized, like, Prego, um, allora, no, not, not <laughs> that one. That's all I knew. <laughs> allora, prego, ciao, <laughs> grazie. He would not kiss me, <laughs> No, but, but, and then uh, people will come in, and he obviously knew if they were Dutch or or something, so he was really great, and I and yeah. he came to our table, he gave us our tab, I'm like, hey, buddy, let me ask you, how many, how many languages yeah. do you speak? And and he and he not oh, a lot, it, it, not a lot. He pissed me off because he said that. No. Just a little bit. It's like it's weak. He's like he's like how many? He's like you know no, no, not that many. Just seven. Just seven, bro. Just seven. And he's like, what about you? Two. A priest would walk in. He's speaking tongue to that priest. They communicating, he, dapping up, bro. Like I was like, what? The I was really fuck? impressed by that that young lad, man. Um, but okay, so. Talking about languages and, and stuff like that, how did that, were there any cultures you experienced that reminded you of yours? If anything, I would say the African culture that made it into Europe. Right. Like, jo- it's, it's jo- different. Joanna. It's different. Jo- <laughs> Joanna. So, like, the, their, me- shit, their shit, they, you can bump to it, you can swing to it, you can dance to it, and that's what reminds me of Latin culture. But there was just so, a lot of straight up Latin culture out there. So, in reference to that, what he what he's talking about, he's referencing UK British grime, British rap. Yes, and it was really it it really, I guess it shocked us a little bit because we went into. Um, I was going to like just listen to Drake and Future and just right, like you're the used regular to, American, you're used to American rap. Ta- yeah, and we went to this bar, and when we got to this bar, at first they were playing American rap. And and it was pretty cool. And this was like a local bar that we found in in London. I forgot the name the neighborhood. What was the neighborhood? Shoreditch. Shoreditch is a um, it's it's pretty hip. It's a hip place. It's a yeah. A lot is. of hipsters there. But anyway, so we were in Shoreditch. We found this like random bar. I forgot the name of it. And and they started playing in British British grime, British rap, and. It sounded like 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 reggaeton kind of yeah like reggae, uh, not reggae, not more reggae, reggaeton. more reggaeton, right? Yeah. Like it had those beats and drums, and I was like, "Whoa, this this!" Bumps. Everybody was dancing to but, it. Everybody it was, knew the music. It was everybody was so into it, and they, and they had like every song had like a little special yeah, dance. I, like, I want to go into it too. Dude, I was so like 
Oh, I was like, man, I, I want to jump I into I was like, it. I would stay on Shazam. Um, you were on Shazam. We made a playlist. I kept wanting to, yeah, I kept wanting to I'll add share it. that playlist share on Twitter, that too. Play- playlist on Twitter. But it was, uh, it, it's, it's, you guys got to listen to it. It's really, it's like, I don't know. It's, it's like that, dude, I don't even it know. It got my booty bumping. That's all it, I got to say. That's all I got to say. But uh, any other thing like that shocked you? Other than oh, people, people. So much. So much other culture shocked me. One, it's very, like, I thought, I, and I mean, Americans, cool and all, but we don't got buildings that are so old. Are so old that I felt like even more connected to like humanity as a whole because I felt like that was also a part of our history. Um, cobble, cobblestone roads, these buildings that are so old, older than the United States. Like, that's the kind of stuff that shocked me. Also, paying for restrooms shocked me. Water. Even at McDonald's. At McDonald's, yeah. Where was, I, that was every, like, almost every McDonald's. Yeah. Mostly in Amsterdam and Amsterdam in, in Prague. and Prague, you had to pay for restrooms. Um, but the other thing was... But the cleanliness. The cleanliness of it was great. Was great, Every right? restroom I had to pay go pay for, it was clean. Having... To order water at every restaurant when people come in and are trying to take my order, when I I'll panic. I'm like, oh, I'm not ready yet. Water, just give me water. Because we we're, we're, we're used to it here. It's free. It's like a natural resource. You can just get it unlimited. Um, obviously now Houston has experienced the default <laughs> of it. Um, but I would but go over there and just ask water, and I would get it, and it'd be like five dollars. And they'll ask you too. They'll be like. Uh, Tap or not a tap, but like they were, still, yeah, or sparkly, still or sparkling. Which would you want? Um, but I had to pay for it every single time when I was expecting it to be free, and I had to get used to not asking for water and also not. And when I did get my drink, I actually wanted not just guzzling it down, right? Enjoying it, I, I was because they to, there's no free refills, there's no free refills out there for Coke for nothing. So I take a little sip just to get my mouth wet and be able to swallow, and then like take another bite. It'll sip, and that's still I still do that when I'm here. Right, that's something, that's something I definitely carried on over. Yeah, because I had to savor and save it, which is just being an American. That's just a consumer mentality. Is there's an unlimited amount of it I can just consume to my heart's desire. When over there, it's like no, we're space <laughs> con. We don't got a lot of space. We don't got a lot of shit for you. We would sit down, and people would come up. What What do you want? Like, are you here to use? They're very buy, direct. Yeah, you're gonna buy something or no? Because I would sit somewhere and they're like, they're very direct. You gotta buy something to sit there. And this was a spe- you can't just sit there. This was specifically chill. in go chill in your house, Amsterdam. Yeah, because I would tell you, Deflow, don't just go in there and sit there. Because you I can't just go you, in there and use a restroom. Because here no. you can go any anywhere. Oh, rush. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. Come come right inside. Yeah, Amsterdam really shocked me with the bikes. They're so everybody's everybody's riding their bike. Okay, so I have another question. Did traveling consider a career move or a career change? Are you thinking that oh now that goodness. you've traveled? Yes. After traveling, now I, I, I was like, man, I want to do this again. Because when I came back to work, it was like living the mundane again, which I was totally used to until I went to Europe. And then every day was something different. And then I went back to work and it was like the same like, routine, which is good and is natural and is good to have. Um. But now I really want to teach English abroad. Whether that's right, yeah, we've been talking about that. Yes, and I've been I have a, an admission counselor now, Robert. Robert, I'm gonna get him to listen to the podcast. Robert, shout out to you. He's Hold been helping me break. a lot. I think it's time for a refreshment break. Beer o'clock. Ooh, baby. Um, but he's been helping me out a lot now, and put that. In my perspective, you also you put it in front of me like you know you can teach abroad, right? You can teach English, and so and the reason so I did that's a career change for me that I want to go and teach out there. And the reason I brought this up was because when we were out there, we would meet Americans. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, you did specifically when I was hooking up with that guy, that Italian guy in Prague, right? I that's where I met him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was. Uh, oh, we'll talk a little bit about that right after this. <laughs> um, no, but. Uh, the reason is because you weren't specific, like you're not working, you're working in an area of marketing, but you're not working. It's in, so broad. It's marketing is really broad. I'm still testing out where in marketing do I fit in. And so people always, especially with that major, they, you know, they'll go into sales or, or, or something else. 
but you you I mean I know you like marketing but you always wanted to explore different areas mm -hmm. and I remember our senior year you told me that you wanted to change your major but you've gone so far that you didn't want to change it you were like you know what I'm just going to go through it and you saw my courses and my curriculum. And I wanted like, what you were doing. You're like, oh, I want to do advertising. They sold marketing like advertisement. They marketed <laughs> their marketing <laughs> degree like advertisement. And I was like, yeah. Yeah. Sign me up for that. But it's actually advertising what you wanted to do. Yes. But you've been exploring different areas. And, yes. and, and being abroad has influenced that on you because mm -hmm. now you see more opportunities that there are. And another thing, too, is I just want to lay, I just want to put it out there. Your degree is not going to tell you what to do. You tell not at you do all. what you want to do and have that degree back you up. Because the experience in it, in it of itself, when I went to college, is I can't put any price value on it. Right? Yeah, I had to pay fucking sixty thousand dollars for that <laughs> shit. But, <laughs> but the experience is going to help me for the longevity of my life. Right. And you were feeling restrictive, and I think I think that's one of the reasons I also wanted you to travel so you could see what's out there. Don't, oh, yeah. And that was one of my selling points. I was telling you, don't, I know you're like, you just know Texas. Let's go out somewhere. Let's see what jobs are out there. Let's see what's out there. And, it's unlimited. And, and, and when we got to Europe, or towards the end of our trip of Europe, you were thinking maybe flight attendant. But, um, Aer Lingus? Aer Lingus. <laughs> Lingus. <laughs> that was the funniest airline name ever. But, like, does no one else hear it? Erlingus? Erling like. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, yeah, so so now you're looking at some careers abroad. Yes. I'm dude, you're so young. You're so young. Thanks. And I like to think so. And I, and that's what I tell people. Uh, I'm 19. Especially especially younger younger cats. <laughs> you're no, not 19. I'm 24. I'm 24. But but you I mean you're young and it's good to explore different options oh, and, yeah, and different sure. career moves, right? This is what your 20s are are for. You're supposed to be selfish with oh your time. Oh my god, my mom treated it differently though. Our family. I, I told my Mexican mom, my biological mom was like, I'm, I'm thinking about traveling abroad, and she was like, Well, like I know it's probably about time for you to start getting a family, like this, this, and that. Like now she's not. She had a big issue with me being gay, um, but now it's just like, okay, you're gonna be fucking gay. When's a family coming? Like you're almost twenty. <laughs> you're all. You're almost at the end of your twenties. And I think for Mexican culture is a lot, is as they always done is get settled down at a young age, start developing your family, and start right. really trying to plant down your roots at an early age as fast as possible. Right. And so that's what my mom is not expecting from me. And I'm like, I'm not gonna settle down till I'm like thirty five. Like I want to go. Use my potential to the best of my ability and right. see what's up. Exactly. With this ghetto-ass exactly. planet I'm living on. So I want to check out all the four corners and see what's up. And in her expectation, she's like, okay, well, you might want to, like, settle down. So I don't. you probably shouldn't travel to go to, like, I don't just Korea yet. or no, go no, no, to no. Spain or go to Ireland. Like, you had your fun. Chill out now. I'm like, bro, no. I'm only 24. <laughs> like, what are you telling me right now? No, I agree. I, I, you know, I'm 28 and it's, it's hard for my mom. I don't think it's hard for her because she's really supportive actually. Mm -hmm. But I feel like sometimes telling them like my plans are like, like I, I feel that she sees me as a bum sometimes. Like, oh, this dude's just a bum. Bum ass boy. Bum. And, <laughs> but, but I'm not, I'm chilling on, you know. You're doing your shit. I, I think so. Um, doing good at it. Thank you, man. So going going to my last question about traveling is, would you would you travel again in the near future? And if so, yeah. what would you do different? So we established you you are. I try to do it a little bit more independently because I did rely on you a lot to you plan did. a lot of that shit out. Your last day was completely solo. You left the hotel early to go to the airport to Heathrow. Yeah, I did that by myself. We were both worried about me. I was worried about you. You were worried about you. And uh, but luckily, what the airport people are so nice. Everyone's there to help you out. Um, so I would go up to the ticket place, and I was. <laughs> Every people was so airport people were so nice there, um, and I would just go up to them anytime I was confused about. I was like, "Where is this?" And they were like, "That way." All right. Sometimes they're, they they're, would get it wrong, but I'm like, 
I'm lost. Y'all are just trying to help me with your information. All right. Like, but the good thing is that I went there with time. Yeah. And, and when you get there early, you don't have to panic about that. And European airports are really confusing at first, but yes. once you get the flow of it, it's really efficient. They're it's assembled way differently. Yeah. I did notice that because you would say, like, oh man, I hate this airport. And I was like, why? And we would get there. And it's because um, We're so in the states we have it all directed horizontally, so you can just walk up and down. Right, but and there the, it was vertical, vertical. So you had to use like there was different layers. You well, you had to like actually go around corners and see what airline is right. This. Where here, since you're walking all horizontally and everything's matching each other, you can just walk and look, walk and look. Okay, that's not mine. That's not mine. That's not mine. And so there you had to keep peeking around the corners, like okay, maybe this is mine. What DeFlow is referencing to is is looking for your airline yes. to print out your your ticket. Yes. Um. Wow. Okay. So, what would you do differently, though, just to wrap up our traveling segment? Something I would do differently. Okay. Something I would do differently is my purpose for that trip was to get a snapshot of each country I went to. But now that I've traveled, I definitely need like. Five days in one place. I think I, I love your. So I want to go to just an individual city for a longer time period. Right, emerge into the city, emerge into the exactly to the the culture. That's why te- teaching English is what attracts me to it, because I can be immersed in that culture. Right, right. I think uh, for me is I've seen I seen some of Asia, I've seen some of um, Europe. I really would like to explore North America a little bit more, specifically Canada. Well, there's only three countries. It's like, what else is there? Like, <laughs> well, no, specifically, America specifically Canada. Canada. I want to go a little north, but I also want to connect more with Mexico. I want, I want to go to Mexico. I want to learn too. more about my culture and and because I've never been there. Because here's the thing, I really don't know the Mexican political system. I don't know the Mexican background. The only like the only Mexican stuff I know is like shit that, that that they teach you in the Texas um history class you take in 7th yeah. grade. So I want to know more about it. I I've heard stories the political like, system? No, just about Mexico in general like okay, how the founding okay. of the country, like I don't know their founding fathers. No. I don't know any But like, that's where our parent like our like par- I know about we have the, such close roots to Mexico but we know nothing about exactly. it. Exactly. Like yeah. that that like I know like I know a little bit about um El Grito de Hidalgo, La Corregidora, Los Niños Héroes. Yeah. That's it. That's all I know. And it's only a little bit. And so, that, and that's only shit that I found on Google because I'm legit curious more about the country that my parents come from. Oh, me too. You know, because I could talk all about American history. I'm all about it. Oh, shit. Dang. Let's talk about Texas history. Which city? Let's do it. <laughs> Remember the Alamo. You know what I mean? Come and take it, baby. Come and take it. All right. So let's close out our. Um, Give me these famous five questions. Yeah, I'll give you the closeout Q and A. That's what we call this segment. Closeout Q and A. This is uh, five questions that I'm hoping to ask all my guests, mm-hmm. uh, and they're all going to be the same. So let's get to them. I think they're fun. So let's start out with question number one. What was the worst job you ever had? Oh. Uh... Damn. You hate them all, don't you? I hate them all. No, I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> kidding. I'm definitely kidding. I think the worst job I had was my first job. What was Honestly, that? was a bagger at Kroger. Kroger? Yes. I've worked. I'm going to name them off real quick. Kroger Zio's Italian Restaurant, which... I didn't like as far as labor goes, but the people were so cool, and I loved so many people there that I nur- that nurtured me and like helped me out. After that was, uh, I don't know, I don't know. There's too many jobs. I work a lot of jobs. Um, I'm a hardworking boy. So, what is your favorite meal to cook, and why? Ever since I went to college, um, I started experimenting more with my cooking palette. A palette. Um, (laughs) so I think, hmm, I don't know. I'm just like such a good cook. I don't know what. I 
We could debate about this. <laughs> Wait, can, can, can I eat? I don't know what I like to cook. I think it would be what's coming to mind right now. I make these dope um, peppers with, and I stuff them with like ingredients. You know what I like? And what? I was, what I liked is one day. Oh, I've cooked for you before. Yeah, you have you, a couple times. But the one that I remember the most um, was you had moved into your apartment. Oh, that soup? That soup, yeah. Oh. But just a quick quick background. Um, okay, that, I'm going to change my answer to that one. I, I haven't made it in a while, and I love that. I, I loved it. So just a quick, quick background is um, when I was in college, I... I was devastated over being a, girl. a bum boy. No, <laughs> no, I was Davis. I was devastated over a girl. I had. We weren't even dating. We weren't. But so I, I was gonna say I was. Gonna, well, I, I, I was gonna say it was a breakup, but we weren't even dating. But no, so I, <laughs> <laughs> she pretty much told me that it wasn't gonna work out and whatever, whatever, whatever. I guess breakup. Fuck it. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A heartbreak. I was getting over a a, a recent heartbreak. And I went to your house because I was staying at your at your apartment because I our house was was being repaired, mm-hmm. and I showed up really heartbroken. Uh, I think I was hungover, and you're like, "Come here, man. Come hang out with me. You can stay at my place. I'm gonna make you something to eat. What do you want to eat?" And then I was like, "I don't know, man." Like, you know what you need? You need some soup. And it was broccoli cheddar. No, no, no. no. What was it? No, no. Okay, is what? What I, was it? No, okay, no, no. You're right. You're right. Okay, it wasn't broccoli. It, wasn't, it was something else. No, no, no. I'll what? tell you. It's another horrendous vegetable <laughs> that you can make taste really good. Um, but I started just my mentality when I started cooking was, if restaurants can make it, why can't I? Right. So you really, you really want to build this up. So no 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 no. It needs a proper introduction. Okay okay. Um, but I made the Olive Garden Tuscany soup. That's what it was. Yes, but I was able to alter it and add my own ingredients, make it as spicy as I wanted. That's what. That's why I want to introduce it with that mentality that if they can make it, why can't I? And why can't I make it better than them? Oh, to, tailored to my flavor. You poured it in a. So what it was? It was kale. Uh, yes. Yeah, I remember now. That horrendous vegetable, but in this soup, it tasted delicious. It was it, it was added, great. Like I want to say I know it doesn't make sense, but I want to say it added a girth to it. <laughs> <laughs> it made it girthy. So <laughs> So that's why like I really liked it even though that vegetable sucks ass. Um it was, it was potatoes Spicy sausage, um, cream or heavy cream, lots and lots of kale, and it was just a very good soup that filled you up. It was good, so good. It it patched up my heartbreak. Yes, that was a, that was a fun summer. My food will do that to you. So anybody that wants to date me, put in the application. My at is Daniel Low F L O with it. I'll share it on. I'm single Twitter. and ready to mingle. <laughs> no, but that that soup was really good. It really helped me get. You know, that was that's a highlight of getting over this girl. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And that that night, I think we did Edward Forty Hands. Oh God. <laughs> it uh, was at my my duplex that I was yeah, living in, yeah. and I didn't make it on my bed. I fell asleep next to my. We've toilet. called this place apartment, house, home, duplex, where you were living at, dude. Um, it was a dwelling. Yeah, I love it. Okay, so let's say you're independently wealthy, mm-hmm. and you don't have time to work. What mm-hmm. would you do with your time? Travel. I would continue to travel and learn about this world I'm living in. Um, I'm really glad. Right now, I'm really that's glad. My passion. I'm really glad you took that trip with me, and it's changed a lot. I hope. I I really encourage all our listeners listening right now to travel. Start off small. It's di- possible just yeah. because no one else has done it before. You can be that one to do it. Right, you just right. got to do it. Right. Even if you have to travel alone, um, Aaron Martinez. He shout out to Aaron Martinez. Aaron, although he bailed on us. Yeah, you little dirty hoe. <laughs> um, but I love that guy, and he travels, he by, travels himself. by himself, and that's what's funny. I'm like, God, how does he do that? Like, 
And and you well, know you what? Just look it up. <laughs> you look it up. You look it up and see what you gotta I, do. That's okay, so I will say this: I power will, the internet in your hand. Go do it. I will say this: uh, I know it's it's a different situation for women to travel by themselves. Um, I would really like for a woman to come in here and talk about that if they travel alone. So if, if you're out there listening and you have a story about traveling by yourself, please DM him. Hit me up, and we'll we'll see if we could bring you in. And talk about that story because I'm really interested in, on hearing that. Because I tell my because I have I have friends that are, are are you know women and and they they tell me oh man I wish I could just go by myself and I'm like just do it but then like I double think that I'm like no like it's there is some risk to it like we all want to think that in a perfect world a woman should be able to do whatever she wants and by herself but the fact is that's what we're fighting for right, right now is right. for them to get to that point. Um, but we had that friend we made in Prague. She was traveling. She was by traveling her by herself. herself. Yeah, she was Mexican. But she, she was making friends with us, and 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 she, she brought it, it up, and she was she like, "Could us. I go out with y'all? Because I don't want to be going on the streets alone by myself." She did say that. But yeah. she, I, but she was smart because she would socialize with us, gauge like our trustability level for her, right. and she was like, "Okay, she, these she guys are cool." She, she yeah, she tested it out because we all right so. She was studying abroad in Paris. She's from Mexico. She was. Mm-hmm. She's from Mexico City. Right. And she went out with us, and she started talking to us, getting a feel about us, making sure that we weren't weirdos or, you know, whatever. And once she felt comfortable with us, she's all like, "Pues, pues que we vamos a salir a tomar unas chaves, okay?" O sea, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm down." Mm-hmm. And we went out. And we we had a few beers, and she felt really comfortable with us. And and I'm actually uh, glad we met her because she was the one thing that got us to wake up early one morning and actually go did. see the sun. Because we would only we have went, an we hour went, we went to, to the, the castle. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So as far as women traveling alone, definitely you gotta do your research. Also, like how I had to do it with being LGBT. Um. You gotta do it with like how safe is it for a woman? Just Google it. Is it safe for a woman to travel to this yada, yada, yada? And when you do, just stay conscious of your surroundings and your environment. But I just feel like I'm not too justified because at the end of the day, I always have my underlying privilege that I'm a man. So I don't know what it's like to like walk around at night after work to have to walk, right. like to go to my car. And it's something that we don't think about. I don't about. think about. Yeah, we I'm don't like, think about it. going to fuck with me and like. But they, they, you know, that's a constant fear. It's like, oh, well, women somebody think about might that. fuck with me, yeah. and then like, yeah, I'm gonna fight. But at the end of the day, if someone's stronger than me, what can I do? Okay, so if you're out there, listener, who's a woman and travels by herself, or let us you know how or you, you do it, yeah, let us know because I'm really, I'm really interested on hearing that story. I want to know that perspective too. Right. Um, question number four. Who is someone you look up to and why? Okay, so I always hate this question because this is something like they ask in schools when the class is coming in. Tell us something about yourself. This isn't that. <laughs> like, what's who do you look up to? It's like when you get to like your junior, senior yeah, level, like these college shitty, classes. Yeah, when, let's introduce ourselves. The shitty ass icebreakers, but been, I'll take it. Yeah, <laughs> I'll take it because I don't have anybody I look up to. And it took me a while. I felt like self-conscious about that question, but it took me a while to see it's like I look up to the future me of who I expect that to be. So whatever I want my mentality, my values to be as an older version of myself, when I was 14, I looked up to myself now. Right. When I'm here now at this point of time, I'm looking up to myself when I'm 34. But it helps me develop the values and the mentality and aim for those goals that I'm hoping to be at, at that age. And yeah, not all of them come to fruition because I'm human and I fuck up. Right. But a lot of them do. My mentality does. So really who I look up to is who the person I want myself to be in the future and who I look up. And that's who I look up to. That's a, that's a great answer. I, I guess (laughs) it's me. You know, actually, I thought you were going to say me, but that works, too. No. Okay, so let's, let's go with our last question. And our last question is, what book or movie or... Parasite. Podca- 
or podcasts have you seen res- re- recently? And uh, Parasite. Parasite. Parasite has been a great movie. I've been looking into it a lot more about the deeper meaning. Um, but if you haven't seen it, they won many awards for a reason. Get over the subtitles. You can read. It's okay. Not everything has to be in English. Oh, it's not in English. It's not. Oh wow. I think one of my favorite one of my favorite podcasts that I'm listening to right now. It's this really cool podcast. Um, it gives you a different perspective and it lets you look into other people's lives. Are you think, you're talking about thinking twice, right? How'd you know? <laughs> How did you know? Yes, thinking twice. Thinking twice has been one of my most favorite podcasts so, ever. You know, it's, and I definitely I've heard recommend about it. for everybody to share it and listen to it and give it uh, a couple of lives and give it a try. All right. You'll get a laugh. Was that really the podcast though? Yeah. Dude, thanks. I love you. all right everyone well this is going to wrap up our uh, our third episode remember please follow us on twitter the twitter handle and instagram is the same thinking number two pod thinking two pod at thinking two pod and you guys can find out more about dflow by visiting his twitter and social media and the rest of his social media handles which is for Instagram at the flow with it. No double, no two W's. Daniel F L O, because my last name's Flores. Daniel F L O W I T H I T. And then Twitter at Daniel Flow with it. Um, and yeah, give me a shout out. If you want me to come back on the podcast, send him a DM of an eggplant. <laughs> Keep sending him eggplants. Send, me send him eggplants. If you no want one me send back, you. I'll be back. Just send him eggplants. And or every- dick pics. <laughs> no. <Either one>. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, everyone. Again, huge shout out to Brian Mudio for helping us today with the pod. And his podcast is Listen to Reason, a great podcast that talks about all the good stuff in life. All right, everybody. Well, it's rodeo season here in Houston. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, Google it. But giddy up, everybody.